Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Things College and Career, the podcast to turn to for all of your college and career planning needs. We are your hosts, Meg Gary and Bobby Ryan, owners of Academic and Career Advising Services located in Kennebunk, Maine. We started this podcast to provide helpful information to listeners researching careers, colleges, or academic majors. Choosing your career or college is such a big decision, which is why our motto is learn before you leap. Before investing a lot of time or money, it's so important to do your research and to really explore your options. Each podcast will offer interesting stories and valuable insights that we think you will find entertaining and informative. Subscribe to our podcast and you'll have it ready to go on your playlist every Monday morning. So learn before you leap each week with us. Today, we interview Katherine Schneider-Stepanovic, a highly experienced physical therapist with nine years of practice under her belt. Yeah, so today's podcast episode is for all listeners that are interested in becoming a physical therapist and learning from someone with a great deal of expertise in the field. Yes, Kathy will tell you everything that you need to know from education to clinical rotations to boards to continuing education and what it is like to work in a variety of physical therapy settings. Yeah, a ton of different settings. It's awesome. So Kathy also shares what a typical day is like on the job, the advantages and drawbacks. So for all you listeners that are interested in physical therapy, this episode is for you. So let's get on to our conversation with Kathy. Yes, let's do it. Hello, Catherine Stepanovic. Welcome to All Things College and Career. Thanks so much for doing the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be talking to you, ladies. So, Kathy, where are we talking to you from today? I'm in Santa Cruz, California, where uh, my husband and I and my son live. Yeah, fabulous. I love Santa Cruz. (laughs) What's not to love, right? Right. Oh, it's pretty nice. (laughs) It is. So is New England. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So many great places. So, hey, Kath, we're going to get right into to it and we're going to ask you to tell us three things that you love about your job as a physical therapist. Sure, definitely. So I've been a physical therapist for about nine years now. And the number one thing I love about my job is that I have the ability to help people every day. Um, So ultimately, everyone you're treating is coming to see you because they have pain or they're physically limited in some way. And the best part of the job is you're helping people get out of pain and reach their goals. That's my number one. Super rewarding when that happens. Absolutely. And I can see why that is. Yeah. Just you can feel good about at the end of the day that hopefully you're helping people get better. Right. Because when you're disabled with pain or suffering that way, it's crippling. If you can resolve that for someone, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Or at just, least it, make strides. <laughs> exactly. You're headed the right direction. Yeah. Hopefully. Make strides. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably number one. I also love um, the diversity of the job. It seems like every person that I treat is coming in for a different reason. And it could be even people with the same diagnosis. So I'm saying seeing someone with low back pain and one person's low back pain goal might be to be able to walk without pain, whereas another patient with low back pain might be coming in um, hoping to return to competitive sports. So there's just a A wide variety. Yeah, right. Diversity in injuries, but probably in age as well, right? Absolutely. Across the spectrum. And Mm -hmm. diversity and expectations as well, it sounds like. Right. Each individual's goals. (laughs) And so what would your third thing be? Probably the wide diversity of setting, too, that you can work in as a physical therapist. So um, Mm. PTs 
can work in a school environment, they can work in a hospital, outpatient setting, nursing home, sports facility. Um, there's just there's so many options you can choose from, and I think that's a nice perk of being a physical therapist as well. Yeah, Absolutely. that is a great perk. So, how easy is it to work in two different environments at once? Physical therapy jobs pretty flexible, so maybe you can have some variation in your current jobs. Or yeah, that's a great question. I feel like a lot of times we tend to specialize, so. Typically, someone, you know, if they work in, a, in pediatrics in a school setting, they sort of become specialized in that field. But there is opportunity. So, for example, right now, I actually work in two separate settings where I do two days a week in an outpatient clinic. Um, more sports-related injuries. And I do two days a week in a hospital setting working with post-op patients. So usually it's total knee replacements or hip replacements, back surgeries, that sort of population. Right. That's really good. So I can see why you like that diversity. Shakes things up. Two different sets of patients, two different settings. Yeah. So no day must be the same, basically. Exactly. Um, I think in outpatient setting, especially, you're seeing a lot of patients back to back to back. And so if you were to do that 10 hour days, four days a week, you could have a little bit of a burnout. But the fact that I can switch it up and work in the hospital the next day, and there's a slower pace and a little more autonomy to your schedule, it keeps things interesting for me and keeps the pace manageable. Right. And is there one that you prefer over the other or they both have their pluses and minuses? (laughs) Yeah. Like anything. Right. Yeah. For sure. They both have their pluses Mm -hmm. and minuses. I think in general, I I like working with an athletic population, but at the same time, probably because you're an athlete yourself. Right. Yeah. I like, like, you know, helping people get back to their board. I was just going to add, as is your entire family. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm exhausted when your family's around. (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I love it. (laughs) But no, having an athletic background, and I know you've done triathlons and you're into biking and running, that working with athletes is probably very akin to what you're used to doing and your husband in heaven yeah a husband that runs ultras and a sister that's a professional runner so yeah oh it's fun I mean yeah it is definitely nice to relate to your patients and kind of feel like you have a lot in common so I always enjoy working with more active population but at the same time a lot of my older patients have such great stories and wisdom and it's really nice to be able to work with the full spectrum, I think. I love that. And it's wonderful that you enjoy that contrast and and you can garner valuable things from all different types of populations, I guess. Right, definitely. Yeah. So what's the most common injury in the sports related field? What do you see the most? I would say the most common diagnosis that comes into the outpatient clinic is low back pain. Yeah. Yeah. I think the statistic is 80% of people at some point in their life will experience low back pain. So are you seeing that? And young people too, like 20 yeah. year olds, or just yeah, yeah, really. they even coin it huh. uh, desk jockeys. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's yeah. probably yeah. it. They're stuck at their computer all day, like so many jobs. Now. Exactly. What do you recommend for somebody in that situation, Kath? A lot of it comes down to moving more, <laughs> you know, just moving more, yeah. Yeah. changing position. And like, yeah. just... I don't know if you saw, but I just got a stand up oh. desk. And, <laughs> yeah, and it does make a big difference because honestly, I was having some lower back pain right before I went on a trip to Hawaii, I had to get on an endless flight from Boston to San Fran and then San Fran to Hawaii and my back was killing me. So I know it was from going into that. I had had a long stint of spending a lot of time sitting at my desk and I just know desk that. Desk jockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was a desk jockey. Yeah. 
So I had to go to physical therapy and I've learned a lot of tips. So hopefully knock on wood. Good. Well, <laughs> doesn't come back. Yes. Yes. I think you're on the right track. Like changing position is so key and, and not doing one thing for hours on end. Yeah. Our bodies aren't meant to do that. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. So when you say move more, how long can you sit before you need to move? Well, that's, mm. a, that's a great question. Yeah. Question. And it's, I would say there's probably yeah. no four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh we are we're Try de- getting any work done <laughs> yeah i know um yeah. well um, it's, it depends too on the uh ergonomic station right so if you're a really tall person for example you're more likely to flex in your lumbar spine and so you'd want to make sure that your desks is set up to correctly fit your taller frame whereas if you're a shorter hmm. person you tend to extend more in your low back and so i think a lot of it is making sure that you have the proper setup for your body type and then oh, wow so ergonomics are really important yeah well I try to get up or stand up now that I really want to not have that pain again. That was awful. Anyway, <laughs> so let's get back to where it all started, Kath. When and where did you decide to go into physical therapy? Sure. So I was in high school and my parents started asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> yeah. um, I got it all worked out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. No, my so my family, as you guys know, is, is a big medical field. So I was kind of leaning towards either nursing or physical therapy, but didn't have a lot of experience in either their field, didn't really know a whole lot about either job particularly. So my dad actually set me up to job shadow, both a nurse and a physical therapist in town. And I spent a day with each and from there kind of thought, well, being more drawn to sports and activities, I think physical therapy might be the better fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um that was Which such a really great, great idea to do as a high school student. So I think that's a great, yes. great tip for high school students out there to get out there and job shadow and test these things out and spend a day doing it and see if you could picture yourself enjoying it. Oh, it was huge. If you didn't have a connection, like mm-hmm. some kids, right, my dad's not in the medical field and you want to get into something like this, would you just recommend going to a physical therapist's office and say, hey, can I job shadow? I'm really interested in this field, but I want to test it out a little bit first. I mean, would that be your recommendation? Absolutely. I would say look up, um, you know, every PT clinic has a website and I would say look up a clinic online and email the owner and see if they're open to that. I've right. even gotten emails um, from different individuals just in high school with questions about the job or maybe I treated them previously and they want to know more about how I like the job as they start to think about careers themselves. So either, yeah, you know, just emailing or having, I've had phone conversations with high schoolers as well. And some clinics are just, oh yeah, come on in and you can job shadow for the day. And I think that would be the best really. Right. So you don't have to have a connection people. You right. just be a self-starter, get out there and try to ask Re- those questions. Reach out and most reach people out. are willing to help. Not everyone, but yeah. most people are. <laughs> a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Most physical therapists are people, people. So Oh, is that an important part or something that you should consider if you go into the profession to enjoy people and be a people person? I think so. I mean, you're all you're interacting with individuals all day long, no matter what setting you work in. So it is beneficial if you kind of enjoy talking to people and learning about people. There's just so much of that in your day that it would be a strong asset. Right. And frankly, it's a close connection because you're having physical contact. You have to be able to be comfortable with that. Definitely. Definitely. I'm not sure how you figure that out about 
about yourself before you go into it, but I guess you kind of just know. Yeah. And the good thing is you get a lot of practice in school and clinical settings. True. So. Yeah, absolutely. So then you decided to go to college for that major. And we know that you went to the University of Vermont in Burlington, Vermont. So what made you choose UVM? So that was actually a really good thing too, to kind of have a sense that I wanted to go into physical therapy from high school, because there are only so many schools that offer physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Not every university has it. So you could have easily been in a situation of having to transfer or go to a different school for graduate school. Right. Right. But knowing that in high school, you were able to select a school that had it. Right. I was able to go right into what the University of Vermont had was called a three plus three program. And so it was three years of your undergraduate degree and then three years of year round grad school. So you graduated with a bachelor's and a doctorate. Okay. So you were admitted right off the bat out of high school to your doctorate program. You didn't have to reapply. Right. What was the threshold? Did they say as long as you maintain a blank average or was there any criteria once? Yes. I think it was a 3.8 GPA and you had to- Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 3.8, she says casually. No, I I think it was a (laughs) 3.8. I think. Gosh, now I'm like questioning that. Maybe it was three five. No, that's okay. We won't hold you to it. But <laughs> okay. it's, right. that's okay. But still, it's, our it's, listeners it's need to look those things up. That's they right. do. Right. But yeah, I guess the point is, it's uh, there is a threshold. Demanding. It, it is. is. A threshold. Yes. Yeah, it's competitive, mm-hmm. and you also had to do a certain amount of science prerequisites. So they didn't dictate what undergrad major you had to take, as long as you took these certain science classes. So mm-hmm. I ended up okay. taking environmental science, but a lot of my colleagues uh, ended up doing nutrition as an undergrad major. But right. there was you could do biology or you know different ones as long as you met their prereqs. And what do you have to say about that, Kath? Do you think there's any advantage to doing one major over another? Or are you happy with the route you went? That's, you know, that is a really good question. I think in retrospect, I probably, I think nutrition has a better correlation with going physical therapy. You know, I had started off as a biology undergrad and then switched to environmental sciences, basically because I didn't have to take the second semester of organic chemistry, <laughs> to be frank. Okay, <laughs> truth comes out. Truth comes that's out, a very yes. good. <laughs> that's a very hey, good. All reason. Right. <laughs> I'm not throwing any shade over here. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that either. Yeah. Well, yeah, one semester is hard enough. Um, yeah, exactly. But honestly, I think you should try to do whatever you're most passionate about for your undergrad mm-hmm. as you know, as long as you can tie in those sciences. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's important to look ahead, I suppose, as an undergrad and see what those requirements are and just make sure you're fitting them in. But aside from that, follow what really interests you. Definitely. Yeah. And now I know that they've switched and it's a, it's a four plus three program so that you do your undergrad in four years now. So I think that you might even have a little more flexibility in your undergrad because you'll have an extra year to get all those prereqs. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been a little stressful to do basically four years and three, I would imagine. Yeah, I ended up taking a, a summer class at UNE actually just to get one of the prereqs out of the way. Yeah, UNE being another great school for physical yeah, therapy. University yes. of New England. New England, yep. yep. So this is interesting to me. So now that you just mentioned it's now a 4-3. So at one point, physical therapy was a master's. Uh-huh. And then when you went to school, honestly, is when I found out it's a doctorate of physical therapy. No, what's your view on that? Do you feel like when it was just a six-year, well... I guess a five-year program originally, that's probably just wasn't enough time to get in everything that there is to know about the degree. 
Well, I think, you know, it has changed greatly in the past, I think, 40 years. It actually used to be just a bachelor's and then a master's, and now it's right. a doctorate. Oh, okay. So it yep. is really, um, the physical therapy school has definitely been evolving. Yeah. And within the field, I think you're seeing not, I wouldn't say a divide, because what they've really tried to do is, is take physical therapists who have been practicing longer and have them take continuing education requirements, um, continuing education courses. And those requirements right. have gotten greater over the years. Do you think physical therapists are doing more than they used to? Like a, more responsibilities, a bigger role? I believe so. Yeah. You know, it used to be, oh, physical therapists get you up and walk. But I hmm. I think especially in the outpatient field, there's been so much more research done and progress made in overall movement diagnoses and how to get people to be functioning better. And unfortunately, you know, there's also a lot more people in pain. I think there's an aging population that we're requiring more of our physical therapists. A larger aging population and more sedentary jobs. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So combination. Yep. So after you graduated from UVM with your doctorate, did you have to take an examination to officially become a physical therapist? Yes. So there's a national physical therapy exam that you take. It's your board's exam and you only have to take that once. Once you've passed it, you're golden. Oh, thank <laughs> God. You don't have to keep taking another test yeah. every five no. years or whatever. Thank goodness, yeah. right? It's one big yeah. exam. The one thing I will say, though, is different states have different requirements. So if you are practicing in Massachusetts, you have to take a, you might have to take a Massachusetts exam. And then when I moved to California, I had mm-hmm. to take a California exam. But those are not typically based on your skill set. It's more about the laws pertaining to physical therapy in that state. Right. Oh, so, okay. So the big exam that's stressful or, yes. or the most intense as the national one. Yeah, yeah. that's the big and one. And do you take that as soon as you graduate? I took it. Um, so we graduated in May and I think I took it in July. I, I took a month to okay. study. Oh, and you have to pass that before you can work as a therapist? No, there's actually something called a PTLA and that is a physical therapy student who's graduated but hasn't gotten their license yet. And so you can practice under that until you take your boards. And then once you pass your boards, you just consider it a PT. That's good to know. That is good to know because you might not pass it the first right. time, but you might need to be earning some money. Definitely. <laughs> right. <laughs> After racking yeah. up all that debt. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> exactly. And I just want to circle back just a bit in wondering if you could tell for listeners thinking about physical therapy, what was physical therapy school like? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I would say grad school, actually, over undergrad, I had a, a really great experience. And largely that was due to my classmates. I had a really small contingent. There was, gosh, I think there was 28 of us Mm -hmm. in our class, our PT class. And it was just a great group of students. And we all learned from each other. The professors were, actually, I was there during the transition. We were the first class coming in who was going to be in the doctorate program. So I think we're all kind of learning together. And and it was just a good group. And how nice to have such a small group that must have felt really intimate, like a large family almost. It was, it was. And um, your first course you take, and I think this is still true today, is um, gross anatomy. Uh So you're sort of diving into this really intensive lab where you're working with cadavers. And I think it was just, it's a very intensive course, but it's also a great bonding opportunity because you're 
you're all in this brand new setting and just there's so much to learn in that class, I think was the best. Wow, that's so interesting. And would you say physical therapy, studying it is more of a hands-on type of curriculum or how would you describe the learning? Yeah, I would say there's a lot of memorization because you're Mm -hmm. memorizing origins and insertion of muscle groups and all of that. But for sure, every body part, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and every muscle. <laughs> yeah, um, wow. But then once you're in the actual clinical setting, for sure, it's it's hands-on and it, it's much more, yeah, tactical than visual. So what were your clinical rotations like, Kath? Were you able to do them right in Burlington or? Yeah, so the way my school had it set up is you had four clinical rotations and three of them could be in Vermont, but one of them had to be out of state. And I actually ended up doing an outpatient rotation in Middlebury, Vermont. And I believe that was six weeks. That was my very first one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I did an acute care rotation. So in a hospital for eight weeks in Oregon. Nice. So how did you get that rotation? So the school has affiliations with different hospitals that they've set up all around the country and, you know, mostly in state, but all around the country. And so you, at least this is how UVM did it, is we wrote down our top five and then it was sort of a lottery system to fit everyone into an affiliation that they wanted to be in. Okay. But there was no chance of not getting one. Right. You're guaranteed these clinical experiences. Yeah. Awesome. So you did Middlebury, Oregon, and I cut you off. So then we Outpatient in an acute... Right. So yes. two different experiences, which was great. Which was really good. And then I did a pediatric uh, rotation in New York uh, City. That was pretty intense. It was actually a pediatric inpatient hospital and they also had a preschool. So it was, hmm. yeah, it was another, I think this was a 12-week rotation. And so that was longer than the other two or? Longer than the other two. And then my very last one, you could kind of, at the end, they want you to choose a rotation that you think you're going to go into. And so I chose to do another outpatient rotation and that was a 14-week rotation. Were you able to pick the final rotation after having experienced the other three or did you have to do it early on? Each time was completely separate. So, right, you didn't choose your last one until you'd experienced your first three. Oh, Oh, that's That's such a good way to set it up. So that was your favorite of the three then, the outpatient? It was. I honestly had thought maybe I would go into pediatrics. And then after my pediatric rotation, I was like, I think I I really enjoyed outpatient. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So and that's so important to find that stuff out. And what a better way to do it than to actually experience it through a rotation like that. So your physical therapy school is three years. How many of that would you say was spent in the classroom? And what was more clinical? I would say it was two years all year. You know, you, you had school in the summers too, in my program. Right. Year round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the final year was pretty much all clinical rotations. Before we leave UVM and that discussion, for our listeners that are considering University of Vermont, can you tell us if you liked it there? And yeah. <laughs> maybe tell, tell our listeners a few things about Burlington. Yeah, a few tidbits. Oh, I had a wonderful experience at UVM. I think it's a great school to go to for physical therapy, primarily because they do keep the class size small and the student to teacher ratio pretty high. Even though it's a good size school. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love my undergrad there as well. But I think in grad school, I really felt like you got into your specialty and and there was a lot more of access to your professors and TAs and everything. And then Burlington Mm. itself is beautiful. It's like 
I think one of the best college towns. Yeah. Great mix. It's a great city. Yeah. Absolutely. What were some of your favorite things to do in Burlington? Oh, gosh. You know, it's right on Lake Champlain. So there's this great beach called North Beach. And, you know, another great thing about the university is there's so many clubs that you can join on campus. And so I joined a UVM triathlon club and we would go down and we would bike down to Lake Champlain and swim and run home or whatever. It was a great place if you're outdoorsy. There's hikes and obviously skiing and snowboarding is huge in that state. So there's just lots that you can stay active in that city setting. Yeah. And a lot of great restaurants and bars in Burlington and And shops. Definitely. Yep. Church Street is wonderful because there's, there's no cars allowed on that main drag. So you can go down and like you said, there's there's some great bars, there's great restaurants. I think even better than when I was there <laughs> now. But, yeah. yeah. Darn it. No, yeah, that's, right? probably, that's probably why you were able to focus and get through school. <laughs> Not too many I'm distractions. Sure a, I'm sure there's an alumni yeah. weekend coming up. Oh yeah, I know. I'd love to go back. So then you left UVM and how did you land your first job? So that's that's another great perk of physical therapy is there's great job security. So there's a big demand for physical therapists right now. So when I graduated, I applied to what I considered a number of reach jobs in Boston. I was like, oh, I you know, I kind of felt like I wanted to move into the city and a couple of these hospitals, you know, big name hospitals, like, okay, you know, I'll just apply and see what happens. And I ended up getting job offers everywhere I applied. So that was kind of shocking. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And congratulations. <laughs> Definitely something to consider. It's so difficult for a lot of people coming out of college to get jobs depending on the field. So it is something to look at that there is a demand and it's not as difficult to land that job. Yeah. Exactly. And I definitely something don't take to consider. that for granted. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not the only reason to go into a profession, obviously. You you know, it has to be something you're committed to and something you really can see yourself. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> but all things being equal, that's an important thing to look at. Yeah, I agree. Of course. Agree. So out of those several jobs, which one did you pick and why? Um, so I ended up taking a job at Spalding Rehab, which is an outpatient setting that was in Cambridge. And I took it mostly because when I went to do the interview, there was a good group of experienced coworkers. And I thought that having learned through my clinical experiences, you learn a lot in physical therapy school, but you also learn a lot just experiencing your coworkers and the people you work with, they teach you a lot. And so I thought, well, I want to be in a bigger setting. Where you have lots of people to learn from. Uh, Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting that you said that. And I can't tell you how many people we've interviewed or talked to lately that have shared the same experience that you learn a lot studying, but it's so much more you pick up on the job. Right. A hundred percent. And I think that's also why, you know, you have older physical therapists out there who might not have got their doctorates, but they have just so much more experience that to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Years of practice. Yeah. So I know that you get a chance to work with Dr. Irene Davis, who is the director of the Spalding National Running Center and a professor of physical medicine and rehabilitation at Harvard Medical School. Can you tell us about that experience? Sure. Yeah. So when I was uh, working at Spalding, they started to develop what's called the Spalding Running Center, the National Barefoot Running Center. (laughs) (laughs) And so Irene Davis was not long after the book came out, uh, Born to Run. And she was doing lots of research on the benefits of forefoot striking versus heel striking in runners. And they built this amazing lab to measure people's impact um, when they're running forefoot versus heel striking. And she's done some great great work in that field. 
And I felt very lucky. I, I got to work with her a little bit and sort of work alongside the other physical therapists that she had primarily working in that rehab site. So yeah, it was incredible. So did they find if forefoot or heel striking, which one was better for you? Or does it just depend on your body? Oh, this there's a big debate out there about this. Yeah, too. I bet. Um, <laughs> or mid, I, or mid. Oh, I've heard of mid, you know, midsole mid or whatever. Midfoot. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Midfoot striking. You got it. So the idea yeah. is that you don't want to overstride, and you don't want to be actually landing up on your just on your forefoot either. So if you're at either end of the spectrum, then you're more likely to be prone to injuries. Right. Well, that's a good tip for any runners out there. <laughs> yeah. Try, try not to go to the extreme in either way. Yeah. I did have an opportunity to tour that lab, and it was amazing and impressive. Oh, that's so awesome. that was pretty neat that you were able to work there, Kath, for a period yeah, of time. Yeah, I bet you learned a lot. I did. I definitely did. It was, yeah, incredible facility and incredible people. It was, it was a great opportunity. So how long did you stay there and what made you leave? So I stayed there for three years. I worked at Spalding and then Adam, who I was dating at the time, was starting to look at grad schools and I had loved my clinical rotation in Oregon. And so I said, oh, how about we start looking at West Coast schools? And so he applied to a number <laughs> and got into yeah. San Jose State in California. So at that point, we're like, all right, we'll, we'll move to San Jose. And we hadn't visited the city at all and uh, moved out there. I actually didn't have a job lined up yet. But um, when we got to San Jose, we were like, oh, this is not Boston. <laughs> so uh, we... We ended up moving to Santa Cruz, which is just over the hill from San Jose. And it's a much smaller beach town. And we right. loved the area. So much we ended more up, suited to you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed a lot more. So so we've been living here for almost six years now in Santa Cruz. So you went out there with no job prospects, but you felt pretty encouraged because you knew physical therapists were in demand, I'm sure. So yes, I felt pretty good about knowing the market was was good. Were you intentionally seeking an outpatient position, Kath? Or were you open to trying all different sorts of things? Ah, so actually, I was in contact with a number of traveling agencies, I was considering doing traveling physical oh, yeah. therapy. Yeah, there's such a variety. If you get tired of one, you can morph into another, I would submit. Oh, and there's so many companies that you can contact that they're traveling companies and they work with you to find you locations. And gosh, I yeah. signed up you know, six years ago with some of these traveling companies and I still get emails and calls from them all the time being like, oh, are you looking for a job? We got a job Oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> We're ready when you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, what I was saying is if you are tired of working in, say, outpatient or acute care or whatever, there's so many different aspects of physical therapy that if you get tired of one, you could transition into another way of practicing, whether it's traveling or... And one we didn't even mention is home health. And that I think a lot of oh. traveling companies work with getting you into home health, which would be oh a physical therapist going to the yes. individual's home. And oh my goodness, my mom had a physical therapist come to her home and she was wonderful. And yeah, yeah. Young, young person with a lot of energy. And it really, I think my mom enjoyed her a lot. But yeah, so that is another. Another yeah. avenue. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of us that aren't sure, because <laughs> I'm not, what exactly is a traveling 
physical therapist? So traveling PT, they're typically 12-week rotations. And so mm -hmm. you, you know, if I was talking to these travelers or traveling companies and said, I want to move to California, I'm looking for an outpatient facility to work in, what do you have in the area? And they would send a listing of maybe however many they have within a 30-mile radius of Santa Cruz. And they would send me outpatient options, but they would also send me home health or nursing, basically any site that's contacted them and said, hey, we have someone going on maternity leave or we need someone oh, yeah. temporarily. That's right. what wow. set up. So with that type of opportunity, if you are into traveling, say you want to you know, travel around the States, that would be a great opportunity, a great way to oh. do it. I've had a number of friends who've done that, actually, and they really enjoyed it. And it's nice if you're seeing others also at Abling PT because they would just go around together and do oh, <laughs> it together. Right. Do it together. Yeah, yeah. That's a perfect scenario. <laughs> it's difficult yeah. when you don't share that in common and one's here and one's there. But I was just going to say that's, that's ultimately like why I didn't take a traveling job is because I was like, oh, Adam's in Santa Cruz and you know, I ended up really loving it here. So I applied to some local positions. Right. Okay, so speaking of those local positions that you have, one working in outpatient services and one in a hospital environment, can you tell us what a typical day on the job is like at each place? Sure, yeah. So the outpatient day is, I work a 10-hour shift at outpatients. So you start at 8 and your last patient's at 6.30. Typically, it's 30 minutes for every follow-up patient that you have, unless it's an initial evaluation or a Medicare patient. And for those, you get 45 minutes. So that's kind of a, why a Medicare patient? Yeah, is it because they're 65 or older, generally speaking, and they need a little more time? Or um, I think it's because of the reimbursement. I think oh, Medicare okay. has a higher reimbursement. Oh, requires the 45 And minutes. requires the 45, yep. So do you find that 30 minutes is usually enough with your patients, or do you feel oh, like you're under the question. gun at that time? Yeah. Mm, I think initially when you start out, it feels really short. But now I think once, right. once you gain more experience and you kind of you've seen more 30 minutes is enough time for me for to treat a patient. Do you mm -hmm. think that's probably because with your experience, you've just learned how not to waste time, like you yes. know what to zoom in on or what to focus in on and what's going to be immediately effective? I think so. I think you become more familiar with certain mm -hmm. complaints and kind of leads you to the diagnosis faster, but also you just learn to be efficient. You know, you get your documentation done while you're talking to the person. And, and I think wow. a lot of that just comes that's with experience. Art. Yeah. Multitasking. Multitasking. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say <laughs> a lot of clinics, including ours, they'll t after your 30 minutes, you then have your patient work with an aide or a physical therapy assistant, and they take your patient and they'll do a little bit more with them. So I'd say on average, our patients stay for 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, that's oh, okay. that's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. And do you have little breaks in between or is it just boom, boom, boom? Um, we have an hour lunch break, but that's it. Yeah. You're going. But that yeah. makes the days go by fast. Oh, too. I always it does. It does. Busy. Yeah. Flies by. You don't have to worry about being a desk jockey. <laughs> No, right. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> Good one, man. So what about your other job? What's a day like there? So that's definitely a little slower pace. And a lot of it, and this may not be true for every hospital, but the hospital I work in is relatively small. So your day sort of is census dependent, meaning, you know, however many surgeries happened that day or the day before, some days are longer or shorter than the other. But I probably see those patients for about 45 minutes to an hour for each treatment session. So it's a little bit longer, which is nice. Definitely slow down the pace. And then I, I go back to the mm. nurse station to do my documentation. So I'm not documenting while I see them. Right. Just a much more relaxing pace. 
basically. Definitely. And that, you know, I don't want to say that's true of every hospital, but where I am, it's nice in that it is a smaller setting and you're seeing a lot of the same surgeons, patients day after day. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it seems like an ideal combination, Kathy. I'm pretty happy with yeah, it. Yeah, it does to me. Yeah. yeah. So are you taking any continuing education courses? Yeah. Are they re- up current? Are they required for physical therapy? They are. And it is different each state, um, the requirements. And I think actually there's only like two states that don't have requirements now. I think it's like Massachusetts and Kansas or something that don't have the, the yeah. but yeah. every other state has continuing education requirements and it's nothing crazy like I think in California it's 30 hours every two years so it's pretty easy to hit that continuing education requirement in a, in a couple courses but I think a lot of times most physical therapists are far exceeding what's required of them because there's just so much out there and a lot of really good courses yeah how do you generally take them Kathy do you travel to them or do you do webinars or it's a good question because both are available but I really like to be hands-on with the courses so I've always mm-hmm. gone to them physically because a lot of times you're learning new techniques and there are manual techniques that you want to perfect. But that being said, on my maternity leave, I did take an online course and also found it very valuable. So, Oh, well, so it's kind of nice to have that as an option when you need it. So can you uh, talk to us about what you would say are the advantages and what are the drawbacks of being a physical therapist? Definitely. So I think the advantage is some of the things we've already touched on is there's good job security. There's typically flexible schedules. So if you wanted to work part-time versus full-time or um, in a different setting, I think there's tends to be a lot of flexibility that you could work with. Other advantages, gosh, it's just, I think it's a really fun career. I think you get to interact with a lot of people and you're constantly moving and learning So I think if you're passionate about the human body, then that's a great career to look into. So that's also a good uh, thing that you've pointed out, that it's one that you should probably enjoy being around people. And two, you should be somewhat passionate or interested in the human body and how it works. And what would you say are some of the drawbacks, Kath? See, disadvantages, you know, I think most medical professions would complain about the electronical medical records. Um, so basically, your oh, documentation. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nobody likes documentation. Nobody, yeah. you know. And unfortunately, yeah. because of insurances, you know, they're requiring more mm-hmm. and more of you. And so you're spending more and more of your time um, documenting. And I just right. see that yeah. as you know, something that a huge waste of time. It's a waste of time. Yeah. It's an unfortunate reality. And hopefully it is an unfortunate reality, but hopefully, you know, maybe down the road that will be improved. That would be great. Yeah. So anybody researching the profession, if there's somebody that you look up to admire that you could recommend that they check out their YouTube or read a book, or is there anybody that has been influential for you, Kath? So Shirley Saruman, she's a physical therapist that she's done a lot for the field of physical therapy over the years and just coming up with a great treatment protocol. And so I use her treatment focus quite a bit with my patients. And also there's physical therapy school of thought called DNS, which is movement impairment based. And I think more and more that's been a really interesting field to explore is um, the movement diagnoses and, and how you can treat based off of how people move. So the, and there's, oh, I love that. There's so, so those are great, great recommendations. Thought. I'm sure like you're just touching on a few. Yeah. I love that though. Those are great, great recommendations. And I'm sure there's a lot more people could delve into, but that's a couple of things you might find interesting. Mm-hmm. I do just have one other question before we wrap it up. What are your hardest cases, Kath? And also, what do you think is your best skill as a physical therapist? 
Hardest kind cases. of two different questions. Yes. Um, hardest cases. Well, I guess I could go two ways with that. I think the hardest diagnosis or hardest body part for me to treat is the shoulder. It's such a complex oh. joint. And I think to me, mm-hmm. that's, that's probably my weakest link as far as treatment goes personally. But I think the hardest cases are people who come into physical therapy and sort of expect that magic bullet. They're sort of looking for the quick fix where we are really trying to teach them how to move differently. And that takes practice and certain exercises to relearn that movement pattern. So I think- And something that they're going to have to do every day. You can't do it for a day and think you're going to be better, right? It's going to change your life, change your habits. Right, right. So compliance is huge. It's hard to get people to change their habits. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Or creatures of habit. Although pain can be a motivating factor. So sometimes- (laughs) Yeah, a good motivator. Oh, Oh, trust me. That's true. When my back was hurt, I was doing everything they told me, and I still try to do everything. But when I was in pain, I was you were really on top. Very of good it. about yeah. doing everything. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. What do you think is your best skill as a physical therapist? What do you feel most confident about? I love working with runners. I think that's sort of my passion, and just probably again because mm-hmm. I can really relate to that population. But oh, absolutely. And, and connecting with them, I think no matter who you're treating, a lot of it has to do with that interpersonal relationship and making sure that the trust is there. And yeah, I think that's actually really big in our field. Yeah. And I think the reason probably too, Kath, is because you love to run. You're empathetic right. to their cause because they're trying to get back out there and you, you can feel I, their I, pain. I'm sure. So, okay. Now we're going to move on to, we're going to wrap this up. Let's bring this baby home. (laughs) Bring this baby home. We do have 10 questions for you and hopefully- Rapid fire. We we call them rapid fire, but you know, we'll do them as rapid fire as possible. Sure. All right. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Okay. They won't be too tough. I hope. And you can say pass if you need to. Okay. Okay. So what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Oh, um, okay. So now I would say mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I try to be athletic and gosh, generally a happy person. <laughs> I go for that. Absolutely. I, I think you nailed it. <laughs> I do too. Okay. So if you weren't a physical therapist, what would you be? Ooh. Okay. So <laughs> I once thought that it would be really awesome to be a photographer for National Geographic. <laughs> oh, that's... A- I don't blame you. <laughs> that's travel. And yeah, I like that too. Okay. If you could sit down and have a chat with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? <laughs> I would uh, I would love to have a conversation with Barack Obama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would too. Yeah. <laughs> you might get an opportunity. <laughs> we'll just oh, we'll tag him on this podcast and maybe he'll like. <laughs> Have him give me a call. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Favorite movie or TV show or favorite Ooh. this year? I know. I've been watching so much more Netflix now that I'm right. you know, being yeah. with my son. A little b- <laughs> yeah. binge watching, um, which is good for you. A little binge watching. Yes. Um, all that breastfeeding. Yeah, you're so um, well, I was so entitled, Kath, after <laughs> after describing <laughs> mm-hmm. all of your hard days. So gosh. Oh, it's hard to pick a favorite. I we're we're watching Stranger Things right now. That's our Ah. Uh, I was gonna start that. Is it really good? Oh 
It's okay. really good. Yeah. All right. It's, it's suspenseful, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Suspenseful in a okay. good way. <laughs> it's going to get easier now. Okay. So country or rock? Oh, country. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. And dog or cat? Oh, cat. <laughs> but, I, but you love dogs too, I know. I so love dogs cat. too. It's like... I want a dog, but we have a cat. Yeah, I know. I know. You have to say cat. Your cat's probably looking at you right now. Exactly. Yes. You better say cat. All right. Um, Paper book or e-book? Paper book. So you can bring it to the beach? Yes. I, you know, it's something about holding it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. iPhone or droid? iPhone now. Okay. Now. Oh, so you were a droid. I was a droid. I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty uh, steadfast. But pretty I committed now. droid, but. <laughs> okay. Place you want to travel to that you haven't been to yet. Oh, God. Name one. <laughs> I um, know. Long list. Long list. I would say Australia. Yeah. yeah. Ah, Highly recommend no, it. I know. Or the <laughs> it's Galapagos. A tough one, That's though. probably even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to choose. There's so many fabulous places to go. But you have plenty of years ahead of you to do it. So just put them on your list. <laughs> that's right. All right. That's it. Uh, you made it through yay. the rapid fire. Uh, yay. <laughs> Kathy, you were a wonderful, awesome. wonderful guest. Thanks so much for coming on. And I'm sure anybody considering the field of physical therapy is going to gain so much from this conversation. So thank you, Kathy, for sharing all of your knowledge with our listeners. Greatly appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was wonderful. Nice to talk to you guys. Yeah, really nice. Nice talking to you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Anytime. We're so appreciative of Kathy coming on the podcast and sharing all of her amazing knowledge and passion for the field of physical therapy. I know, right? Kathy was a wonderful guest and she is also a truly gifted physical therapist. Her patients are really lucky to have her. They certainly are. We have such a tremendous respect for Kathy. Not only is she an amazing physical therapist, but a truly wonderful person as well. Oh yeah, so true. Well, thanks so much everyone for taking the time to listen today. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah, we sure do. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please just take a few seconds to subscribe to our podcast or to rate and review. This really helps our podcast to grow and it helps others to find all things college and career. It sure does. So thanks so much to everyone that takes the time to do this. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. You sure are. And to stay informed, follow us on social media. All of those links will be in the show notes. Have a great day, everyone. And as a final note, anyone interested in learning more about our business, academic and career advising services, we invite you to visit our website and we will include that link in the show notes. We assist people with changing careers, possibly finding that first job out of college, the college admissions process, selecting an academic major, deciding on a career, or things of that nature. You can check it all out on our website, Academic and Career Advising Services. We are located in Kennebunk, Maine. However, for your convenience, we also offer video conferencing services. You're never too old to change your career or to go back to college, and you're never too young to begin thinking about your future. We enjoy serving people of all ages. 
If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast and would like to help us out, could you please leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts? This really helps others to find our podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, to get all the latest on upcoming episodes, please follow us on social media. All of those links will be included in the show notes. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks so much for listening.